What are some of the most common fears and doubts that entrepreneurs face when trying to grow their business? In this episode, we'll be exploring the topic of cultivating courage as an entrepreneur. Starting and growing a business can be an exciting and rewarding journey, but it also requires a great deal of courage and resilience. Today, we'll be discussing some of the common fears and doubts that can hold you back from taking risks, trying new things, and ultimately achieving your goals. We'll also be sharing insights for overcoming these obstacles, including the importance of bringing awareness to generation conditioning and expectations from family, evolving your identity and understanding your self-worth. Whether you're a seasoned business owner or just starting out, this episode is for you. So let's dive in and explore how you can cultivate the courage you need to thrive in today's fast-paced business environment. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency Podcast. If you're a creative consultant or agency owner who wants to know what the roller coaster ride really looks like to grow your business from one to many, you're in the right place. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the realities of growing and running agencies of different sizes and what it takes to build a team. And if you're anything like me, you want more than the highlight reel. You want to learn from the mistakes of others so that you can stop short of making the same mistakes. I'm your host, Audrey Joy Kwan. I spend my days as a coach and consultant to multiple six and seven figure agency owners. For the last seven years, I've been behind the scenes helping people grow, lead, and operate small but mighty agencies. Here at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast, we'll uncover what works and equally as important what didn't work to get these business owners to where they are today. Hey friends, welcome back to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. Today we're exploring the topic of cultivating courage as a business owner. My courage came from the sudden passing of my mom. She was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and passed away in three weeks. It made me reevaluate the life I was living and wanted for myself. Starting a business takes courage. You have to put yourself out there. And my courage came from getting clear about what I didn't want my future to look like. That's why I felt immediate soul connection to Rebecca when we met and dug deep into what really stops us from taking risks. In today's episode, we get vulnerable. We discuss how generational conditioning and overcoming expectations from family can be a major hurdle for entrepreneurs, particularly those who come from families that prioritize stability and security over risk-taking. We also discuss evolving our identities as part of growing a successful business and understanding our self-worth has essential for building confidence and resilience, especially in the face of setbacks or criticism. So let's get into it. Rebecca, tell us about you and your agency. So happy to be here with you today. I am Rebecca, the founder and creative director of Bartlett Brands. Bartlett Brands is a creative innovation agency. Uh, It's a small but mighty uh, female-led agency based out of San Francisco. Our clients are mostly well-funded startups, mostly with female founders doing interesting and innovative things in the wellness, food, beverage, consumer packaged goods spaces. Um, We're experts in sustainability. So that's, you know, at the root, a lot of things that we work on and generally are working to change how society thinks of women and the products that we buy, given that we are women often making things for other women. Tell us more about how you founded your business and your journey. This was such an interesting conversation. It's like I met you and about three minutes later, we were having 
a deep heart to heart, like where I like dropped a tear and you did too. So um, you are instantly a soul sister, having the shared experience of having a very life changing, traumatic event that really opens your eyes to where you are and what you need to do to do your next thing. You know, so for you, it was the experience of your mom passing from cancer. You know, for me, it was the experience of my brother um, who was mentally ill suddenly dying. And all of a sudden, you just have this clarity where you see your life, you know, that next day, it looks very different than it did the day before. You are able to, you know, see and be empowered to make changes where before it's like you're just heads down going straight forwards on your path to whatever it is. You're not looking around or sensing. And then all of a sudden you come to this moment of like really deep awareness of yourself and your existence. 100% resonate with what you just said. My business was very much born from something sad in my life. My mom passing made me reevaluate where I was headed and, and question if that direction was what I even wanted. At that time, I had a full-time job and the type of work was really an iteration of what I do today in my business, but where and how I was doing that work didn't fit my shifting core values. And so in my mom's passing, she, she gave me a gift or, or a silver lining. It was this clarity that I wasn't living my life on purpose. Not to say that it wasn't a good life. It just wasn't the path to what I think or believe is my greatness. And I, I felt that I just had more to give in reality. The silver lining is that it helped me see who I am and, and what I want. We're soul sisters in that way because a tragedy brought you into that same understanding. You also had an aha moment that led you to start your business. Can you share some of those? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like you, like I actually have always loved the career path that I chose, you know, formerly a fine artist. I went to art school, I studied design. I started working in corporate and then I went to a boutique design firm in New York. And so like I, and then I was in corporate again and, you know, with every step of the way, generally I've not been someone that's, you know, not content or, or happy with my career choice or that path and have genuinely loved all the places that I've worked and my coworkers. So this is like really about seeing clarity in a space where it's like, I wasn't necessarily unhappy. It wasn't like I was being tormented and didn't know where to go. It was just, just an eye-opening moment to see where you are. So at the time I was in a corporate job, I'd been there for about seven years. And after, after the incident, you know, I just, I was like, okay, I need a change. It was, it was very clear to me that, that the change was being driven from a personal place, really, I need to change. And I don't know what to do next. And, you know, step one, we were laughing about this when we met the first time, when you're asking me, like, you know, what were sort of like the practicalities that got in your way? I was like, I don't think that there were any practicalities. It was actually like all these self-imposed sort of barriers. And barrier one was just quitting and not working for like three months. You know, because so much about our identities is tied up in what we do, right? Every time you meet somebody new, your first question is like, so what do you do? And so, you know, like society has just 
taught us that, you know, you kind of are what you do and your worth is measured by kind of your output, uh, especially in like American culture, I would say. And then, you know, also for me, there's this like generational conditioning of like keeping your head down and working, you know, bettering the next generation, not, not resting, like being sort of relentless. And for people that know me, they would actually say that I'm like annoyingly relentless to the point of exhaustion, but like that is something that's like been ingrained in me. So just taking this first step of like stopping and not having a plan was like my first barrier. I want to return to the words generational conditioning. My definition of generational conditioning is all the expectations my parents had of me that were passed down from my grandparents. My parents were immigrants and constantly worried about having enough to care for us kids. They wanted me to pursue safe and secure opportunities. In their minds, there was this exact picture of what that looked like, along with things you just don't do, like quit a stable, secure job. Like Passion wasn't in the conversation of making decisions. It was always about working hard. For my parents, you could have a fulfilled life without passion for work or workplace that didn't meet your core values. And so when choosing my path, I never questioned if corporate was the right direction for me. My measurement of success was whether I was working hard enough and advancing. I count it as a blessing that I loved the work I did, but the motivation back then was all wrong. And breaking free from that, breaking free of generational conditioning for me was all about bringing awareness to these learned behaviors that have been passed down to me. I didn't wake up to those things until this big tragedy happened. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that resonates. My one of the most influential women in my life was my grandmother, who was an immigrant from Sicily, came with her family. There was like 11 of them, you know, escaping that life there um, and came through Ellis Island. And, you know, like the expectation was you get educated, you get a job and you work and you're financially stable on your own. You know, like there is no other world outside of that. So, you know, and, and also just like I said, this the idea of like working hard was very glorified. You know, no one in my family rests. If Maybe my mom is listening to this right now. Mom, I have never seen you sit down, even like after you got your hip replaced. So, you know, like it's just deeply ingrained in you from the beginning that like, like resting is like, it's lazy, it's giving up. It's, you know, so it's, it's so complex to then be like, I have no, I don't have a plan right now. When I really reflect on this time, I th- there 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 was like this creep in too of like fear of financial instability. I mean, I was already ten years into my career by the time I took a break, so it wasn't like the early days. You know, I rationally knew that you know I could live on a budget. I spent my early twenties in New York City. I can, I can definitely live on a budget. So, you know, but you know, there are these moments of like, well, well, what if after the end of this moment of self-exploration, like, what if you don't make any money? But that was probably still secondary just to the idea of, of, of sitting back and, and not working and just thinking for a second. After your brother passed, you took a break. Did you quit your job to take that break or did you tell work you needed a break? How did that lead to starting your business? Yeah, I quit the job and took a break for three months. And in that three months, you know, my goal was essentially, well, first of all, I, I'm married to a scientist that had a fellowship opportunity in Barcelona. So 
what helped is that we actually spent the three months in a different country, in a different city. And, you know, as somebody that like doesn't actually sit still well, you know, I took Spanish classes, I learned photography, I traveled with friends. So I was doing a lot of things, you know, but you just always had this inkling of like, I probably should be like working that network right now and like making sure that the next thing is going to be around the corner. And I was just, I, I kept like silencing it because I'm like, no, you deserve to take three months, you know, and do these other things. I hear you. When self-worth is connected to being busy and doing more, a three-month sabbatical will bring out all the mean girl gremlins in my mind. When life is always go, 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 it's hard to stop and lean into doing nothing. Trusting that insights and inspirations will come from giving ourselves more space is hard. It's, it's like a free fall. You know that activity or the exercise where you have to lean back, let yourself fall, and trust that the person behind you is going to catch you? I feel like that's what it's like when your identity is tied to doing, but then you need to stop and take that extended break. Not knowing what comes after that break is really scary. You have to trust the free fall. Learning to free fall is so important. At this time of my life, I was about 30. I had never free falled before. I would say now... 12 years later, I've taken many, many more free falls where, you know, I I actually have built up the confidence that comes with being like, I know that it will work out. Like I I know that if I project positivity and and due to my relentless nature and a host of other things, like I, I, I feel like that actually there's just a huge change in, in a decade a decade that where, you know, I did form an agency and it became very successful. And then I also weathered a lot of things where, you know, I had two kids, uh, we had a pandemic. Um, so, you know, I think the me of now 12 years later, that is something that, you know, if maybe you walk away with nothing other than that, like the, the ability to learn to free fall and to trust yourself that like you always land on your feet is, I mean, that's a gift. If you create a complex business that makes you feel trapped, you will never want to grow your business. You'll do little or big things to self-sabotage growth because nobody wants to scale overwhelm. Not you, not me. I've been there. I learned this lesson as a second in command of an agency. I could not turn off my brain and relax because I would worry about what was and wasn't being done. It wasn't until I looked at the business from a productized service perspective. It gave us more bandwidth to double the revenue and sell and exit the business. Since then, I've been behind the scenes of multiple six and seven figure service-based businesses, helping consultants and marketers who are at capacity get out of being stuck in service delivery and growing. It all starts by looking through the lens of a productized service. Download the free productizer service roadmap. Go to audreyjoyquan.com forward slash roadmap or click the link directly in your show notes. Free falling, or in other words, stepping away for three months was the catalyst for starting your agency. What other challenges presented themselves? Yeah, the, the next sort of big barrier to just doing it was like, if I do it, you know, what if it fails, right? Like the fear of failure, you know, the feeling of like, you you own this, it's only me. And if it fails, there's no one else to blame. Like, so that obviously was something that like felt very insurmountably scary. 
and and also you know again like society like it's all it, society is always there to you know we're we're like innately trained to mitigate failure at all costs you know that's why most people don't start businesses cuz most businesses fail and like we've been taught that failure is bad you know here in the bay area failure is very glorified um so you know you can take that with a grain of salt <laughs> But yeah, there was that. And then like kind of like conversely with that, too, I, I, I like had this fear of actually succeeding too. you know, just like be like being in the spotlight and having the pressure of it. I, I'm like I'm an extroverted person, but I'm not like a, a showy type person. I'm not somebody that like aspires to be a celebrity or to be famous or even have people like look at them like. I, I like to fly under the radar. I like, you know, doing my work and I like my team. And like, if no one like shines a spotlight on me, like, honestly, I'm okay. And so, yeah, that was like the fear of the failure paired with the fear of success was kind of that next hurdle to climb. I'm so glad you brought up these two sides of the same coin. Fear of failure is something we hear about more often than fear of success. Sometimes the fear of success and the meaning we attribute to success can be just as big a mindset block as the fear of failure. Yeah. How do you deal with these two things? Honestly, this was the this was the one thing where I feel that my relationship with my brother and the his suicide which not condoning suicide here for anybody. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, you know, he did not want to be trapped in mental illness. And he did not want to be shackled by drugs and medication that made him not feel like himself. Where I was like, he can be so brave and be so bold to make a decision for himself. And like, all I'm talking about is whether or not I should form an LLC now and try to pick up clients. Like, you know, I'm like, if he, if, if he can make a decision, a life or death decision for himself, like, why am I so scared? So that, that was like, to me, he, he really taught me um, and gifted me, you know, this sort of fear, fearlessness that like, you can actually be fearless in these small decisions that we make or medium sized decisions that we make. When you experience the very sudden death of someone close to you, for you, that's your brother. And for me, that's my mom. The reality that life is short hits home. It's different hearing someone tell you life is short and then experiencing it through a very sudden loss with no time to say everything you have wanted. Yeah. It made me stop and realize that, God forbid, if I, if I could step off a curb and be hit by a bus any day, and if that were the case, how would I want to have lived my life? Starting my own business just gave me life because there's so much freedom in building something that aligns with my core values. I don't want to put words in your mouth. What it feels like to me is that your business contributed to new life for you. What are your thoughts on that? I'll tell you a funny story. So prior to going to Spain for the sabbatical, through my whole life, my, the first 30 years of my life, everyone called me Becky. That was my name. I had a different name. <laughs> and then... We went to Spain and I was like, well, Becky just does not fit with my like European persona here. I will become Rebecca, uh, which is my actual name. And then when I came back from Spain and I, you know, formed my LLC, which of course was like as uncreative as one could possibly be, or just Rebecca Bartlett LLC. You know, I basically said to everyone that I knew at that time, I was like, I am coming back. And I am Rebecca now. 
Becky got left last year. Becky sometimes still comes out like after 6 p.m., sometimes with some drinks, sometimes when like a client gets out of line, Becky can step in. But yeah, no, I like I actually like fully changed my identity to be the person that I wanted to be instead of just sort of being along for a ride that I wasn't controlling. So much of our name is our identity. I haven't shared this before, but when I started my business, I added in my middle name, Joy, because I want this business to represent and always be joyful. And like you, there wasn't much creativity in how I named my business. I use my initials to form AJK Consulting, which operates as Audrey Joy Kwan. But in adding in the joy, I also felt an identity shift. Now, there's one more thing I want to mention that you've shared in conversation before, the concept of self-worth and how it's connected to growing your business. Can you share more? I used to channel like my inner man. That is actually how I thought of it because, you know, I, I, I feel like women are like, we're like supposed to be humble or at least I'm supposed to be humble. And like, you just, again, like keep your head down and work and like, don't talk, talk too much about yourself. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, you, if you can't do that, you're not going to win any of the jobs. And like, I literally used to embody this man mindset where I was just like the shit. Um, it's just, it's totally inauthentic. It's like a performance. And what does it look like now? Honestly, I'm incredibly authentically myself now in a pitch. There, there, there is sort of only one version of me, you know, I'm not a particularly like clean cut and demure type person. And, you know, I, I really kind of lay out who I am and what I expect from client partners, like from the beginning, like I I'm, I'm used to sort of like, if you want to come on my branding journey, like I will spirit guide you through it and we are together the whole way, but this isn't like you hire me and then you tell me what to do. Like it's, that's not the journey that we go on. So, you know, and I've just found that again, but this is over 10 years later with a portfolio of clients that there's proven success there that I can do this now. I think on like day one, it's just not even possible, but it it is, it's much more authentic. Like when I'm meeting with prospective clients, usually it's the founder of the company. Usually it's like small and intimate and we are like dating each other. Do we like each other? Can we work together? Do, do we immediately have that like creative flow? Because that's the thing that makes the project successful. You're 10 years into your business and what you're doing today looks different than what you did then. 10 years ago, you thought you had to be someone else to win business, but now it's about finding a fit between you and the other party. And if there isn't a fit, you won't achieve something you're proud of or clients will love. Okay, we've highlighted three key evolutions in your business journey. One is bringing awareness to generational conditioning and overcoming expectations from family. Two is evolving your identity and three is understanding your self-worth. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I guess I would just want to circle back to that that last little nugget that we found somewhere in there around the free fall because like, it's so much more than business. It's really, it's really life. It's like you, you only have yourself in the end. And, you know, now this version of me, I, I, I trust myself and I listen to myself and I can be guided intuitively. Like I have a deeper relationship with myself that I can do that 
free fall moment and know that like, like I will survive, you know? When we're running a business, a good analogy is like we're driving a car. We can death grip the steering wheel and try to control everything and ensure that will get you to a destination, but it may not be the destination that you really want. Sometimes we need to let go enough to make space for inspiration and change to help us create a business aligned with what we really want. You can get so fixated on a number that you can death grip the steering wheel to get to the number only to realize that you hate the business you created. That's not what we're here for. We're here to create a business we love. And I've been in a place where I gripped on really tight only to end up in a space where I'm like, what am I doing? So thank you for reiterating the power of free falling and just not death gripping the steering wheel of the car that we're driving. Yeah. Recently I've been, I've been brainstorming with my team and other people that I, you know, I talk to about business and life and stuff and just like, well, what does the next 10 years bring? And that's a great, it's a great analogy of like gripping the steering wheel where it's like, okay, I want to open up some paths where actually Bartlett brands could be a slightly different format, but instead of trying to like force it down a road, you know, and like, like really getting it to go over the bumps to get there, like basically just starting to manifest a lot of different destinations in the future and just sort of like let the car do a little self-driving kind of towards what feels right. You know, just, you have to just make sure that the road isn't blocked. You know, you remove the blocks. There's a lot of roads, turn down some, turn around, come back, you know, just to kind of start to see what the, the next thing is. On that note, what keeps you motivated and inspired right now? It's always, it's always my clients. I I would say, and my team, the people that I work with, um, I'm, I'm generally just a people person and, you know, I, I feel passionately about the projects that we work on. Like I care about them beyond just like, does it look nice? Yeah. It's, you know, working with our clients to sort of bring their dreams to life and to make their company successful. And then also, you know, the collaboration and mentorship of my own team, you know, my, my team is this awesome, badass lady group and they're amazing too. Rebecca, thank you for being fully transparent and vulnerable today. It was an honor to have this heart-to-heart conversation about courage and growth. Where can people find you online? Oh, it's pretty. You can Google search me. That's easy. You can find me on LinkedIn, BartlettBrands.com, at BartlettBrands on Instagram. Thank you, Rebecca, for hanging out with us today. Thank you. This has been so fun. Hey there. Thanks for hanging out with me at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you hit the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app and share it with a friend. I'll see you on the next one.